0: Crack people of the internet, we're live at 11. This is Friday. Myself, Jay This is the one where we're going to take you through everything you need to know about scaling your fitness business beyond just trading time for money, which is what I'll train the chapter. We're going to show you what needs to change right down to the very training programs, your nutrition, everything, the way it needs to be structured, even to the delivery, how you deliver the training, the way your gym needs to look. Mentality, the philosophy, the methodology, everything about scaling your fitness business to six, high six, even seven figures. So, before we go though, one thing about putting yourself out in the internet, you know, if anybody here runs the gym, don't know what this is like. You're putting out content on Facebook and you always get some cockhead, don't you?
1: Look it at this. When you see this, point, don't judge them. Judge <laughs> see this, lad. So, yesterday, one of the lads were out there. And one of our guys actually asked us this in Ascension, he asked us, you know, about how to kind of deal with negative feedback. So this guy was like, commented on one of the ads, oh for fuck's sake I see twenty of these ads a day, uh, it's a load of bollocks, you're nothing but a wanker. So I just replied back obviously very nicely, man, you want to calm down, you must need a whole or something like that, and the next thing was, oh, crap, blah, blah, blah. I was like, you definitely need a hook. But, the thing is, listen, in the past, I would have got really fucked off, and wanted to go and find where the cunt lives, and kick his dory, and give him a dig job. job. But, which is obviously fucking stupid, and which is a waste of time, an absolute waste of time and energy. So, if you are on Facebook, Instagram, or any other social platform, and you're on there arguing with people, it's the whole thing of, listen, don't argue with idiots, because they're only going to fucking drag you down to their level, beach with experience. And, it's so, so true right you can get yourself so fucked off and you've got to protect your energy when you're trying to be creative in any way shape or form and creativity especially when your business can come in all different shapes and forms creativity is right listen what type of programs are we going to launch how are we going to get new people in how are we going to keep our own people motivated what content they're going to put out on social media and if you're not doing a combination of those things uh, chances are you're not going to be around as quick as you could or you're not going to be as successful as what you could So if you're wasting time and energy dealing with things like that or trying to win arguments, because really what it is, it's about winning arguments, it's about justification, it's about somebody upsetting you in some way, shape or form. form. If you're trying to win arguments like that on the internet, you're going to fucking fail and you're just wasting your energy. Would you add in anything to that, Sean?
0: For anybody listening to this back in the podcast, obviously you can't see the picture that Jay put up. The dude, like if you couldn't have seen his name, I would have said his name was fucking Herbert or Gilbert or... or or, Rupert. Yeah, something, something real faggoty like that.
1: The devil anyway. probably lives at home with his man, and I mean, no, no, wonder, no wonder he wants to go on the internet and fucking give out to people and call people names as a grown-ass man over four years. Fuck me, do you not have to think you'd be doing with time? But that's the way it is. And look, at it, what we've got to do is you've got to flip your mindset <laughs> from a scarcity mindset and protecting yourself to a mindset of, listen, I'm out there to help people. And for every one dude like that, there's going to be 10, 20, 30 who actually listen to what you say. And for all those kind of 20 or 30 that listen to what you say, yeah. two or three mm-hmm. people in their hands and actually come work with you. So it's a brilliant number isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's good advice. And he has a fucking Herbert-looking head. Anyway, let's get on with the shit. We've got Lynn O'Leary, we've got Lynn we've got Peter, we've got Kieran, we've got Shane, we've got Grave, we've got Tommy. I've loads of you guys on here. What we want you to do is stick any questions, I mean, like if you, because this is, us giving you our time here. What would you love to know? What are, what are you frustrated with, What What's what's fucking annoying you about your business your training, whatever? Get the questions into the comments box because we're going to answer them. We have got four or five here that you guys voted on. Now the top one that you voted on was this this first one here: How to structure training so you can scale your business model beyond trading time for money. So let's talk about how how most tra- trainers go about shit, and then they end up trapping their business. They don't really. For at the start, plan out their business model. Like, how are they actually going to deliver training? And they don't calculate how much money that their delivery method is actually going to earn them. So what happens is they just go out. They're fucking completely winging it. There's no plan. There's no budget. There's no nothing. There's no financials done on this. They wing it, and then they get to the point where they are completely full, or they, they just can't actually – they couldn't deliver the training in the way they're doing and continue to do so without fucking burning out. So, like, I remember myself, got 44 sessions a week in a one-to-one format. And see, after doing a couple of months of that, I fucking hate the training. It doesn't matter how passionate you are about helping people, you know, seeing them achieve milestones in the training, how passionate the trainer, how much you love training yourself. You do 44 delivery hours of giving yourself to your client, helping them with their thing, listening to their shit, taking all that stuff on board. You do that for a couple of months, you're fucking burnt out. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: And, and the thing is, you're tapped out. You can't physically do any more. And if you're not making the money that you want to make, that's going to allow you to do the things you want to do, cover your... It's fucking expensive to live in Dublin. So, like, so you can be in that position where... And you're like, fuck, is, that, is this it? You know, how do I grow my business? You're basically trading time for money in that in that instance. And that's when I realized I was doing shit wrong. And that's what where, where a lot of trainers listen to the be. If that makes sense, do you stick up your hand and we'll, 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 we'll talk about that. But... Most trainers end up not planning and or if they do have some sort of planning, they still don't realize that the way they set their business up doesn't give them the capacity to grow to the figures that they want. So like what's the figure we always hear, Jack?
1: Yeah, so look, uh, we were actually only talking to a Guy yesterday about this, and he just so happened to be speaking about online. Whether you're online, offline, or any combination of the two, you do some sort of hybrid approach, ultimately it's going to come down to your numbers. So look, if you wanted to earn 50 grand a year, you probably need about 15 clients paying you 300 euros a month. So that's it. 15 clients, 300 euros a month. If you... Uh, if you are charging um, one fifty a month, it's obviously going to be double that. So it's probably about twenty eight or thirty clients. So whether you're training them one on one, whether you're training them online, whether you're training them in a group, but this is the thing when it comes to scaling. Um, you know, if you're if you have fifty or sorry thirty clients and you're trying to train them one on one, they're training twice a week. That's sixty hours. It's not happening, nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing 60 hours of good quality, and this is the kicker, good quality training one-on-one. Now now let's say you have a situation and you are doing some sort of semi-private training, but let's say you are writing specific individualized programs for everybody, which means you've got to sit down and go through a consultation process. If you do a consultation process well, it's probably gonna take you a half an hour to an hour, so there's one hour, let's say. Then, if you go through assessment and testing and all that type of stuff, there's one hour. Mm-hmm. If it takes you an hour to write a program, there's three hours. Mm-hmm. So for every one client you have, it's going to take you a minimum of three hours uh, to get them started in your gym. To onboard them. If, like- to onboard them. If you want to grow, if you want to bring on 10 new clients in a month, that's 30 hours. That's a whole new person, a salary that you'd have to pay because... You, unless that's the only job you do in your gym, you're going to do 30 hours of that and 10 hours of something else, you know, to have a 40-hour week or 20 hours of something else, to have a 50-hour week. You, you see how, like, there's no wiggle room. It's like, I can't, like, you can't do that shit any faster. So this is where it comes down to processing systems and asking yourself, all right, in order for me to scale and grow and move to a next level, whatever next level will be for you and your business, you've got to think about these things and have these nailed down from the beginning. And, you know, uh, the bigger your gym grows, probably every 20 members there or thereabouts, a system or a process breaks down. Stops working, doesn't it? Yeah, and you've got to tweak it and refine it. So it might be a situation where you go from an individual one on one consultation to a group consultation. So it's you speaking to many people as opposed to you speaking to one person. Uh, there's lots of things you can do to streamline it. You know, if you can get information of people at the beginning, so if they're filling out some sort of forms. At the beginning, it means, all right, listen, I see exactly what the problem is here. You want to talk about this? Let's talk about it and then move on. And it, you can just cut through all that, you know, fucking small talk maybe at the beginning of a consultation. So that probably covers that question, does yeah,
0: it? Yeah. And I remember, like, we've worked with tons of dudes to give them, first of all, even the belief. Like, if you remember back to one of the guys we worked with was Declan Trainer, and he was training people one to one. And he got to the point where he was full, but he was making like, I think, 1800 quid a month. And he needed the belief. And some of that was through working with us on how to structure the training and the things that need to happen. And how do you go from training one person to many people at a time so that you can get to, what is it, your first 30 or 50 clients? And working through that with him, he changed his business model around within three months. And he came back, I think he was making about seven and a half K. So the thing is, the revenues and that was monthly, by the way. So we went from like eighteen hundred quid a month, converted all of his people over to semi Private, that allowed him a much larger capacity while not increasing the amount of hours that he worked, and turned his revenue up to around seven and a half. Actually, it was eight k. his gym rent was, was, <laughs> was five hundred. His profit was seven and a half. That was
1: that was working in a similar setup to Ben. Bon.
0: So whatever mm-hmm.
1: he's in Belgium, wasn't it? Yes, he was in Belgium. So he's in Belgium, and whatever the equivalent would be of Ben Dunn in Belgium, that's where he—that's where he was working. So it doesn't mean you have to be out on your own premises. And this is the thing, right? For him, uh, there's pros and there's cons to every business model. Like, I mean, he was thinking maybe I'll go out and set up my own gym, but then you turn around and say, "Fuck." You've got the horse staff. You've got yeah. a shitload more overheads. There's pros and cons. So that's a or that would be a negative thing. Mm. But then a negative thing on the other side is if he's a standalone trainer on his own and he wants to go on holidays, then he has trouble with uh, getting cover and things like that. So there's pros and cons, I and mean, it ultimately comes down to what you want. So guys, if you're only tuning in now or if you're listening to this, remember what we're really speaking about here is the Fulfillment Mastery course, which is coming up on the 2nd of November here yes. in the gym. A week. A yeah, Next Saturday. It's so, always where? Well, we're going to speak about all these things, all the processes, all the systems, the exact stuff that we use here at Impact Shirt Performance, uh, training programs, inductions, templates—you name it. The works, everything that you need from a fulfilment standpoint to get your clients the best results, and most importantly, to be able to scale it up.
0: Wait, Joe John, he's coming
1: next week. Yep. Now, listen. As of as of this morning. I think we had two spots remaining, all right? Mm. So we've sold 18 spots. There's going to be actually one of the guys, we have another one spot remaining because one of the guys in Ascension bought it by mistake. Yeah, he's money, he wants to give us money. That's right. So there's,
0: so there's actually three spots, Jay? So
1: three spots remaining. So okay.
0: Yeah. What's the question? Well, another thing is going to change. This is the second one, Jay. Not only is like your training programs going to change the way you deliver the training, the way you structure your programs and all that sort of stuff. And how, you know, your systems and processes for onboarding and all that shit that Jay's just explained. But then what about your nutrition approach? If you're going to be like trying to keep triple the people accountable than you were in the past. Well, how the fuck do you do that?
1: Well, really, we spoke about this in a video in the week and we spoke about a two-phased approach to nutrition. So phase one has to be restrictive or elimination and phase two has to be habit-based. We're not going to get back into the big story about that because you could uh, scroll back up and watch the video. But here's something to think about. It's Sean hit the nail on the head. Whatever your approach is, it has to be scalable, okay? And you sitting down and... Um, writing out somebody's macros. Or looking at a food diary. And they, the, so exact, we... the exact food somebody's eaten potentially isn't really that scalable. Even when you come to a food diary, well, the, the problems with a food diary oh. is it's kind of slow. So let's say, for example, in the past, we've had uh, people doing the whole food diary thing. We've had, and it works, but we've had people doing the whole food diary thing, but maybe there's 30 people. That's a lot of coaching and yeah. manpower yeah. to sit down with somebody and actually Look through the food diary, not just to open it up and go great and hand it back to them. If you were to actually look at it and correct it and give them feedback, it's quite a lot of time, okay. right? So, and that's from a, from your end. That's a that's a, a I suppose a problem. But the other problem is, and we know this from research, that food diaries and people fill out food diaries. The accuracy of it is maybe somewhere between fifty to seventy percent. That means that basically people are not recording. Certain stuff that they eat, or they're not recording the quantities. And this is probably this is not even people trying to manipulate the food diary. They just don't understand. You know, I had chips and a burger. Well, what does that mean? I mean, was it a small portion of chips? Was it a fucking huge portion of chips?
0: Did you have seconds? Was it one burger? Or was it three burgers? was Did it have cheese? Was it, it a double bacon fucking yoke from five guys? Which are treat is the else. Yeah, Say that.
1: <laughs> and, and 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 there you go. It's like one burger that you made at home might have you know three hundred calories in it, but a burger out of five guys, which is a triple stacker and that, that and that and all the cheesy stuff, it could be getting on up towards a thousand calories easy so 300 to a thousand I mean there's a huge discrepancy there you're talking 300% in the difference (laughs) at 200 percent so that's something that's hugely important right so for us what we've always found best is is that we can use two things first off pictures don't lie so people can take pictures of their food and then if you put people into a group together there's a bit of social pressure to post up their pictures so if somebody genuinely runs results it's super quick for them Pick, 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 pick of all the food you eat today. Post it in a group. Then you can go in and look at the group. Other people in the group can see it. But really what you've got to do is give the people a framework to work within. It's like, so for example, here's the framework. Drink two liters of water, eat protein and vegetables three times a day. I'm not going to go into all the more details. Obviously, there's more than that. But let's just say that's a starting point. Did they drink the water? Check. Did they have protein at breakfast and vegetables? Check, check. But so you could see if there was no protein, or vegetables, X. So that's one meal down. So Billy, you know you've had two meals today. You're at like sixty percent. Let's fucking pull it up next week. Are you sixty six point six? Blah blah blah. You get the idea. But basically, it's super quick and it's scalable. Yes. All right. Whether you're doing that with five people or fifty people, the process works. It's just going to time take a little bit more time or you just have to distribute and share out the responsibility between numerous coaches so maybe each coach in your team has a responsibility for 10 people or 20 people or 15 people but the process itself is solid and it'll work for 5 people or 500
0: people so that's how we do that one. excellent yeah so that for, for the keyword I heard you say there is like frameworks people people need frameworks so you're not in that gray area of a tr- try and eat more. It's like it's real exact. They can say, yes, I did it, or no, I didn't. There's yep. no bullshit. In, in the beginning, we want to try and minimize
1: uh, minimise the grayness because people are hunting out gray areas. All right, and what that means is gray areas where you can hide. It's like black or white. Oh, no, worry about this gray bit because the gray bit is where but it's like, well, I wasn't sure, you know, whether fucking, I don't know, uh, Fucking sausages, where you know allowed in or not, that's protein, isn't it? Black, black, cream, black you, super food, black food are a superfood. Ice heard cream one. is carbs, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, well, technically, there's a lot of carbs in ice cream, but I mean, it's not the same as having a fucking fruit or vegetables. <laughs> so, you get the idea that,
0: yeah, stay away from all these conversations, bullshit complexity conversations. Yeah, cool. So, then, um, what do I do? Oh, this is this is one that, that happens a lot, especially when trainers are new, right? They go out and they start building program. Like, ladies that lift. And then they build, like, uh ladies that lift but don't want to lift too heavy. And then they've got two different programs running in the gym. And it's like, oh, fuck, let's train guys. Guys that lift. So all of a sudden, you've got all of these fucking programs. you get six, seven different programs. And then people are going, oh, I'm going to add semi private personal training on too. And then it's like, well, hold on, what are you doing here? Oh, well, I've got a boot camp here. And I've got this fucking program over here for ladies that lift. I've got ladies who lift but don't lift too heavy. I've got guys that lift. Guys, that lift. guys over 40 that lift. So you can fucking 19 different programs. And then you want to add semi-private person training. And you do one-to-one person training. And then if you're talking about this, if you're online and you're listening to us, you're going, well, these guys are talking about semi-private person training. So what the fuck am I going to do with all 19 of my classes? This is a real big problem for, for people to be in. And we've seen it happen lots of times where you're looking at the, You're trying to figure out, like, what does your gym do? And when they're telling you, you're going, fuck me. I'm, I'm doing this a decade. And you're explaining it to me. I don't think I'm any kind of retardedness. I don't think I'm a retard. But I don't know what the fuck your gym does. I've listened to you talk for 10 minutes. You've described about 14 different programs. I'm lost. So this is the thing. If if that's the way you are, it's kind of like going into a restaurant. And if you've been hungry, you could be starving. But you look at the menu, and there's like chicken and burgers, and and then there's fish, and then there's pasta. And there's about 60 things in the menu. And all of a sudden, you don't know what the fuck you want to eat. So this this is a big problem, and adding another thing into the mix could be the worst thing you could ever do. That's the first thing I will say. So if you're if you're like class list or whatever the fuck you call it, looks like one of those menus with a million things on it. It's like maybe that's something you want to look at first. And trying to do really what I'm saying is trying to do one to one, semi private boot camp classes, fucking spin-a-bells, whatever the fuck, all on top of it is kind of shit. You wanna you wanna pick one or the other really <clears throat> but it's not to say that you can't have them coexist but there is a way to do it correctly and a way you can do it that will fuck everything up and i know leading on from what sean's saying there the way to do it correctly would be
1: focus on one thing and when that one thing is full or at capacity or exactly where you want it to be then uh, deviate your attention's x-ray because you know for some people depending on where they live in the location let's say they're doing a uh, group classes and the group classes are full they might turn around and say dude i have a waiting list uh, i do no marketing and people just keep coming because in their town or in their location you know maybe they are the only person doing it or the best person doing it it's much harder in a bigger city right but in a smaller location you could be like listen my bootcamp classes for example are always full great now at that point now you could go and start marketing Um, one-on-one training or some other format of training but if you're trying to speak and trying to market three things all at the same time and none of them are anywhere near full it's a recipe for disaster. I've never Mm -hmm. seen anybody do it correctly or do it successfully
0: that's it. No. Have you? No and look here's the thing I know we're talking about how to scale a business and we're talking about like the semi-private person training model which we use but here, here's the thing. I remember one of the guys we worked with in the back, in the past was Dan McCaffrey, and he was like, "Look, I'm, you know, doing boot camps, and but I want to have this semi-private personal training because he, I hear you can make more money." And it's like, "Well, hold on, is that really what you want to do?" We're like, "What do you enjoy?" He was like, "I love the fucking boot camp." So the right advice for that guy is different to an advice for somebody else, and the advice we give him was, "Well, what the fuck would you do semi-private personal training for? If you want to be the best boot camp, be the best boot camp." And he was like, "Fuck up, of sense. I'd love that. I'd get behind that." That guy today is the best boot camp in Belfast, and he's also the most expensive. It's about one hundred and seventy quid. Up, so he yeah. got, and he's got over two hundred members in it. So that's that's the thing. You, you've got to say like, what is it you really believe in? Like, what do you believe in? What is the best way for your clients to get results? And then, if that's what you love doing, then that's what you got to do too. Somebody's angry about. It. Somebody's angry and happy and
1: <laughs> loving. <lovely. laughs> So, but the thing that Sean's kind of alluding to there is that you know when you're working with somebody, whether you come from a training perspective, a nutrition perspective, or a business perspective, if you're giving advice or following principles, well then you can apply those principles to any particular situation, as opposed to you know semi-private personal training is the best. There's no such thing as the best. It's one form of delivery of a training. So, Freddie, often what happens to people is. They go and they look at what somebody's doing or they follow a bit of a guru or something like that. And all of a sudden they try and model them 100% or even copy them. Model is okay, copy is not necessarily okay. So there's no authenticity and they don't even realize, hey fuck, can I make more money training this way or this way? Which way am I the happiest training people? Which way do I believe in? Which way fulfills me? Because you know, for some people, training a group of people would be a nightmare. Mm. For other people, training one-on-one is a nightmare. So it's like on that spectrum of one-on-one to a boot camp with 50 people in it, where do you sit? And that's really the most important thing to think about. Um, and then you create a business which can fulfill whatever your uh, whatever you want it to be, really,
0: around around that from a principal standpoint. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Maybe the last thing was uh, I'll say, and jump in here if you want, Jay, but like we've seen people who their idea of what semi-private personal training is and their larger group large group training or some people small group training. is actually large group. What the fuck is it? For us semi-private person training is four to one right and what people do in four they're getting a personal training service Right, uh, we've seen some people and we hey, we used to do this in the past this is how we know we've been through every iteration of this shit We used to have like 16 people in a group like fucking 12 to 16 in the group and try and you can't actually deliver that and then some people now where they're at is like they're delivering that form of group training, and then they're gonna add semi private personal training over here. And the only difference between what's actually going on on the gym floor with those people is the numbers. That's not semi private personal training. Like what you're going to do with 16 people is not the fucking same. As what you're gonna do before and the level of service, the attention, the detail, and the experience that you're gonna create, you can do that totally different with four people. You can actually deliver a proper person training service with four people. That's what we believe. You can't in 16, but a lot of people have this idea that you know the only difference between the two is just the number of people in the group, and that's not right. That's bullshit. You can't have 16 people here paying this money but these four over here pay more, and they are actually doing the same fucking thing. So then, what do you do with your larger group crowds? Well, you have to make sure that there is actually a differentiation between the two, more than just the number of people that you're just standing looking at. Have I explained that right? Yeah, so generally, like a larger group,
1: the wider people like go there is for the experience of the group. Think about a Zumba class, uh, 50 people all dancing around, it's like the energy of the group is where it's at. I don't suspect the Zumba teacher is walking in and out through all the people, correcting their fucking grapevines or whatever fucking wiggly steps they don't, all right? So it's not necessarily the coaching experience, it is the environmental experience, it's the energy of the group. The same with a big spin glass class where everybody's like spinning and the coach is up, up the top, more or less as a cheerleader, all right? And like Mr. Motivator. Uh, and then as you splinter down and have less and less people in the group, what the people are there for and their expectations is generally going to be more of a coaching experience, and that's what they value. And that's where then the price point starts to uh, elevate because they're there for the coach's experience and expertise. The same way as if you went on to Google and like, you know, you were fucking Googling, hey, listen, I've got this fucking rash on me arm, all right? What should I do? And all this shit comes up, all right? It's more or less free. But if you had to go to a specialist in the beacon, motherfucker's gonna charge you two or three hundred euro for five minutes. But your expectations is he's gonna tell you exactly what's wrong and exactly how to fix it. So do you see the kind of
0: difference there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just rub garlic on it. Can, yeah, fix or it. Or it onion or, or Coconut oil. Yeah. Coconut oil fixes everything. Apple cider vinegar. <laughs> no. What the, how do you I can people online trainers love this one? Because I suppose, I see where you're coming from. Ah, fuck, there's loads of online trainers on here. Listen, if you're doing a one-to-one coaching experience or one-to-many in whatever way, like some of the methods we've described above, that's a totally different kind of person with a totally different frustration who wants a totally different experience than someone who just wants online coaching. So they're two totally different products for two totally different people. So really what I would say to somebody is if you find that you're struggling that or you or you feel that online trainers are taking your business. You don't know your avatar, like you don't know who you're talking to, or you can't talk to them well enough, or maybe there's something wrong with your messaging, um, or you're not kneeling the frustration. So, like, the thing here is, like, you're marketing the wrong to the wrong people. I would suggest. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think you've got two options. Option number one is totally ignore what they're doing. They're in a totally different line as you. Like, I mean, the type of people that want online training. Are going to be totally different than the type of people who want to come into a gym mm. because a part of whether it's a big group well you can't get that if you're fucking doing online training it's just it's you on your own all right so you need to understand that it's a different thing and if somebody's doing one-on-one online training well, they haven't got the expertise that the coaches are there showing them so the person's after something slightly different so for example like I might partake in online training because I know what I'm doing all right, so I might necessarily need to go to a coach somewhere to look at my technique or to motivate me because I'm already motivated to put in the hard work in the gym. But what I might uh, what I might want is somebody's expertise and to just take the stress away from me and I'll just go in and do the program exactly how it's wrote and not think about it. All right, because otherwise I might just do the shit I want to do. All right, and you know... Coaching yourself is very often not the best, the best way forward. Another part for me as a coach, buying online coaching could be, I get to see how other people, their their philosophies, the thought processes, and then it makes me a better coach because I can come back and say, I like the way he done that or that or she done that and that. Not really into that bit. What bits of this program could I adapt for the clients I train? So that's where uh, I would benefit. So really it's like, Option number one, totally ignore them. Option number two, fucking throw rocks at them and start picking out mm. all the reasons why online training won't work for the people that you want to train. But only do that if you think that they are actually available in online training. So I call it in, in uh, let's say I go to FlyFit every now and again. And the corner in FlyFit, there's a corner in FlyFit which is on the grass which is quite dark. I'm sure every fucking gym has it. But in this particular fly fit. Where George works? Yeah, it's a little bit darker, right? And what I call it is the insta-fuckery. <laughs> so everybody that's over in that corner training, right? So if George knows this, he knows where I'm on about. Give us a
0: thumbs up, George, if what this makes sense. Gym,
1: it's down the right-hand side. In the gym... All the good training happens over there and all the insta fuckery happens down in the corner. And that's oh, I, know shit like, I know what's going on there. That's like shit like uh, women with like mini bands around their knees just doing all sorts of shit, right? It's women uh, with fucking reebok steps and jumping up and down off it and doing little mini hops and all that type of shit. It's dudes fucking doing endless choice of kickbacks. It's people that are like forty-five percent body fat wiggling in mirrors trying to get a good angle and then doing fucking dumbbell extensions Jeez. With, with small little dumbbells. It's young girls lying on the back with their legs up in the air doing this because that's working their innie outie muscles. They're flapping their legs around in the air. It's all that wank bollocks insta fuckery is what i call it so it's a great
0: description Lola. for me
1: it's like listen i just call out bullshit on that and then anybody that is doing it be like uh and then why is it bullshit because you got some fucking 22 year old uh young one who's shredded on the internet doing it who probably lifts weights as well who maybe takes drugs or comes from a spartan background or maybe is just naturally gifted and she has a great ass but she does not have a great ass as a reflection of doing all those stupid bandit exercises. It's just not happening.
0: Yeah, like uh, I totally agree with her. Most of them you you see on the internet and you look at Instagram and you're going, that bird has that ass anyway. She has that ass anyway. Yeah. She was, bu- God created that fucking ass. Not those wee fucking mini kickbacky yeah. fucking- I mean, the, 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 what I we have to understand this.
1: Not- people had good asses before Instagram. They did. All right. So we had, we, were in Clans. we had good asses before Brett Contreras. One caliber like that. You know what I mean? So it's like Brett Contreras did not invent good asses. It's like, so just get the fuck out of yourself
0: and stop doing Insta fuckery. That's what I would say yeah. to him. We've gotten distracted here. So let's pull it back on frame. We we need to look at the next one here. How did frame long-term membership from the first contact? Now, this surprised me because, like you said earlier, it was like, fuck me. How many people voted for that? Jay said... Uh, and she's like, "One," he's like, "Fuck me!" It's only the most important of them all. So, well, fairly I- often, look at the problem is
1: it's like, fairly often, people don't want what they need, and this is a classic example. So, everybody on here wanted to know about, "Ooh, how to write individualized programs with fucking micro-periodization cycles in order to get bigger biceps," and it's like, it's all wank, really. All right. Really, if the person does not stay with you from a mental standpoint, if they're not committed to staying with you inside their head, if they cannot see the longevity in the future of coming and training with you, well, you're never – all the fucking program in the world isn't going to make a fuckery. So when you think about it, it's like when somebody comes in the door, they're coming in to – in their head, right, they don't know any different. from most people, they're coming in, they're like, listen, I'm going to do six weeks. I'm going to get fucking in great shape. I'm going to lose loads of weight. And then I'll fuck off back eating Pringles on a Wednesday watching fucking Gogglebox or whenever the fuck that's on, right? That's kind of what's in half of the people's heads, right? Then the other half of the people are like, I kind of know that I need to do something for a little bit longer, but uh, I'm not too sure. So really what you've got to try and do is at the get-go is get people in the door with like a bit of a carrot. You're dangling a carrot out in front of them. 28 days, 6 weeks, whatever the case may be. And obviously, we want to give them that result. But you've got to get the people starting to think about well, listen, how does fitness play into your bigger life? Right? What are your priorities in life? And if you can link the priorities of the person with fitness, then you're on to a winner. So the number one thing is to try and establish what somebody's priorities are. Now, you as a trainer, your priorities is to eat well and train. But you have to understand that that's not most people's priorities. They don't give a fuck about that. They don't even like going to the gym. What somebody's priorities might be, let's say you could have a woman come in and her priorities is looking after her children or her priorities could be spending time with her mates, all right, or her priorities could be pushing on in a, in business and climbing up the corporate ladder. So if, you, if some of these priorities are spending time with their children, you might try and find out, well listen, where is that falling down for you at the minute? I'm always rushing around, I have no time, I'm always stressed, I'm always in a hurry and I've got no energy. But that Now, that's all the problems that the person has. So now you have to say, well, how could pulling back a little bit and taking some time for yourself, two or three hours a week, eating a little bit better and going to the gym and getting more energy and feeling better and blah, 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 blah. How could those things tie into what that woman's priorities are? That's a question to ask yourself, all right? And if you can link those two things up and then put it off into the future, how you've got to keep doing this, chances are the person's going to buy in. If we jump to the other extreme and somebody's priorities are jumping up the corporate ladder, potentially they're going to have to put in really long hours. It's going to be really stressful. They're probably going to come back after work of a night and feel like they need a little bit of a letdown and have a glass of wine to de-stress. They're probably going to be traveling. They're probably going to be spending time away from their family if they do have a family. And they're probably going to feel guilty for taking time or even wanting to take time to go to the gym and train. So now you've got a shitload of stuff. First off, what you want to do is you need to think to yourself, well, how if the person's priority is to jump up the corporate ladder, but they're stressed, energy levels are low, when they get into the afternoon, they're not really on it, and they're in meetings, and they're kind of goofing off a little bit, and they're not mentally alert. All right. Maybe that's the most important thing. So if you spoke to them about nutrition, if you spoke to them about training and the benefits of how that could keep you focused and even just changing around one little thing in their diet. Like maybe have breakfast or for somebody who's having a really shit breakfast, maybe don't eat anything. Both things can give you a cognitive uplift. So somebody's having no breakfast um, and they feel like they're having a bit of a crash. Having something in the morning could keep them smooth for a longer. If somebody's having a big spike of sugar and then getting a the crash, maybe just cutting that out will give them more of a steady pacing. So there are some little nutrition things that could have an impact on someone mm-hmm. straight away. And then when it comes into their uh, training, we all know that when we go to the gym, right, don't beast the life out of them, but when we go to the gym, you feel a bit better, you're releasing some endorphins. So that person could come to the gym maybe in the afternoon and go back and do a few hours of work. So that's kind of how you might tie up the gym, what you do, what you want to do with them, and their priorities as an individual. And if they can link the two of them, then it has real value for them. Not necessarily like, well, I suppose it is monetary value, but it has real value for those people. And the likelihood of them staying for a longer period of time is gonna increase.
0: Lovely, Jay. And you see the stuff Jay's talking about here, this is much deeper coaching conversations that you need to be having from the very first day. Like this. This is a huge mistake. You can like, not frame or set up the expectations and the outcome at the very beginning. And by not doing that, you're going to have to try and resell people on all this shit, which is harder to do. So why make a job any harder than you have to? If you know the way to frame long-term membership and get in the bank, like what Jay's talking about, the reconciler between their priorities and what they're actually currently doing, if you can you know, marry those two up, You're then making the gym part of their life, and that's really what we want to do. If you don't do this correctly, what you're going to end up doing is selling like six-week things constantly, because after six weeks, people are going to disappear, all because you're not actually framing it right from the start. You're not getting long-term buy-in. So there's a couple of concepts we're going to talk about on the course, and we're going to give you the templates we use. We're going to walk you through live consults so that you can see the kind of stuff that gyms with the highest retention are using to get that. So I think that's everything. Is there any we any questions in here? No, we're good. K- Keith Richardson is like one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean he, the stuff you were describing, like that's, I mean, is not your clients, and we know that that's the way they think. So mm-hmm. these are things we need to have the skills and the ability to converse about, so that we're we're getting them into the conversation at the right place, and we're fucking framing that long term membership. Keith likes that. So. The only thing I have to say is we have three fucking spots in this thing, Jay. Right? Yep. We have three spots. Somebody else is annoyed. What's he annoyed about? I think that He's that's a angry man? Up, isn't it? So anyway, um, we have three spots left in this thing. We are giving you everything we've talked about here, including the templates. You're actually given a year's worth of programming templates that you could massage. There's even going to be like the performance training, the which we you use with like the fighters. guys, the, the the fighters and the athletes. And the boxers and shit. There's gonna be the stuff for fat loss class There's gonna be the stuff for like perform and feel better, right? So like fucking, that's the only three things you could possibly have the program for in your gym. You're gonna get all of those templates. You're gonna get the two-phase nutrition. So get results and framing the long-term membership and the educational process. So there's two different phases there. And you're gonna get how we consult and how we frame long-term membership and get higher uh, levels of um, retention. Is that everything? Yeah, oh, no, there's more, oh, there's more, what
1: are you going to say? Practically,
0: we're going to go out on the fucking actually gym, train. Right? Yeah, we're actually going to show you how to deliver a semi-private coaching experience that is going to be worth the price tag you attach to it. So you're, you're never going to undercharge mm-hmm. the professionalism you're going to provide. We're going to show you how to do it in a 4-to-1 method. Who the fuck was that guy? We're going to show you how to do it in a 4-to-1 method, which is the method we use. And we're going to have you do it as well. So we're going to really, we're going to get in the trenches, so to speak, in this thing get down to 30. Exactly. It's next Saturday. And, and that's it. I'm going to stick a link in here so you can buy the last three tickets. We're doing it at a fucking crazy price of 97 euros. And that is it. Dudes, thanks for watching. See you next week. Beep. you.